Today we're going to talk about um, another spiritual force that's absolutely vital in accompanying our faith to produce the desired end result that we're believing God for. And that is the force of patience. A, a, better, a better word, uh, really a better translation of that word is endurance. Now the King James uh, uses the word patience, but a, a really a better rendering of that word is endurance. So, uh, if you want to give this a title, we're going to call it Patience, the End of Your Faith. Now, let's turn to James chapter 1. You've got to have faith, but without some other... Uh, forces of the recreated human spirit involved, your faith will not finish its course. And that's, we're not just interested in starting, we're interested in finishing. Amen? So, um, so, so there's some things that accompany faith that we need to know about. Uh, James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers or different temptations, tests, and trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now you can start out with a promise on faith, but without the force of patience or endurance, you won't see that promise manifested. So it's absolutely vital that we, we learn about the force of patience and endurance because we're interested in manifestation, amen? We want that thing in our hand or whatever the case is. So when you have uh, a need, let's just back up here for just one minute. When you have a need or a desire, the very first thing you're going to do is you are going to go to this word. Okay? You're going to get your Bible out and you're going to look up the scriptures that promise you the thing that you need or the thing that you desire, whatever the area is in your life. You're going to go and you're going to look up one or more scriptures that promise you that. By doing this, you're beginning with the answer. You're starting out with the answer. God's already, you've already established it's God's will for you to have this. So that there's no doubt now you can begin your prayer with no doubt in your mind that it's God's will for you to have it. So by going to the Word of God, um, you eliminate all the doubt about His will for you to have it. You start out with the answer. Uh, another thing, by going to the Word of God, you believe you receive when you pray according to Mark 11, 24. That's, that's the next step. You're gonna, you found your promises. Now you're going to pray and you're going to ask God for it and you're going to believe that you receive those things that you desire, whatever the situation is, uh, according to Mark 11:24. It could be healing. It could be salvation for someone. It could be uh, provision or some need, something in your life that needs to be changed. So you're going to the Word of God. You're going to believe you receive it according to Mark 11:24. You're going to continue to thank God for it because you believed you received it. And if the manifestation is not instant, you know, believe for instant. You know, I, I'm all for instant. I'm all for suddenly. You know, and where healing is concerned, you know, we can be instantly healed. You know. Um, but if it's not instant, 
you must continue to believe. You must continue to believe until that thing you desire and you have asked for is manifested and comes to pass. And from the time you pray, you've gone to the Word, you've prayed, you've believed, you received, you're thanking the Lord for it, until the time that you got that thing in your hand, I, you know, thank you, Lord, hallelujah, everybody, you know, that space between here and there is where we got to exercise patience and endurance, okay? Jerry Savelle says it uh, like this. He calls it from amen to there it is. You know, that, that little space in between amen and there it is, you, you've got to exercise some patience in there. Patience, or I, I'll use, I think I'll interchange patience and endurance as I'm going along because it, it's really the same thing. Um, patience or endurance is the ability to stick with it. Faith says, I believed I received when I prayed. Patience says, I will continue to believe until that thing is in my hand. That's the voice of patience. That's what patience says. Patience continues to believe even in the face of apparent defeat. Patience is the refusal to quit believing. Now, the, the Greek word translated uh, patience or endurance is two Greek words that just means to, to stand underneath something and to stay. To stand underneath something and to stay. It's a staying power. It's the ability to stick with it. It's uh, hang in there power. It implies a force that's constant, consistently constant, and immovable. It holds out, it holds on, it outlasts, and it perseveres. Now, uh, verse 3 says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Uh, this doesn't mean... Uh, the trying of your faith causes patience to come to you. It means it exercises patience. It, it activates it. That's what it means. You don't need patience to come to you. It's already in you. Patience is in you just like faith is in you, but both of them have to be developed. And this is something you have to learn. It's not something you just poof. You know, you're born again and you just know how to do all these things, you know. That's why we have to be taught the Word. It's a, it's a process of, of learning and having our mind renewed and being instructed by the Word of God. So when Satan comes to steal the Word that you believed you received when you prayed, and he does that by, being, by bringing pressure uh, in your circumstances, it exercises the patience you already have. And James said, we are to know this. This is something we've got to know. We've got to know that if, if the thing is, doesn't come instantly, if it's not manifested instantly, we've got to know that we're going to have to exercise patience for this thing to come through. We are to know that as long as we are exercising the force of patience, we are keeping the force of faith applied to the situation. And your faith is out there eating away at that mountain. You can't see it. That's why we don't live by sight. We live by faith. You've got to develop the eye of faith and know that while you're exercising patience, it's keeping your faith applied to that mountain. And while you go about your business throughout the day and you're just praising the Lord, thank you, Lord, I know, you know, I know you're working on this. Thank you, Lord. I believed I received when I prayed. Your faith is continuing to work away at that mountain. Uh, he did not say that we would know how or when patience would complete its work. He said we're to know that when Satan comes to test our faith, that we are to exercise endurance and keep believing and let endurance 
complete its work. That's what uh, verse 4 here says, but let patience have her, her perfect work. That, that just means complete. Let it run its full course. Let patience run its full course, and when it does, we'll be entire uh, wanting nothing. In other words, we've got what faith produced. It's, we've got it. It's in our hand. Patience has done its perfect work, and now it's been manifested. The spiritual force of patience is part of your born-again spirit, just like the force of faith. You already have it. You already have it. Verse 4, uh, but let, it says, let patience have her perfect work. The understood subject here is you. <laughs> you let patience have its perfect work. Acting on patience is not automatic, just like acting on faith is not automatic. You must develop patience just like you have to develop faith. So verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into different temptations, tests, and trials. This is why you can count it all joy. This is why you can be joyful while you're standing. And you can be joyful while your faith is out there working. Why? Because you know your endurance is working. Your patience is working. You know the, you already see the end result. You know how this is going to turn out. That's why you can be joyful about it. You already know how this is going to come out. I mean, you know, read the back of the book. We already know how, how the whole plan of God's going to work out, don't we? So that's why we don't need to be shaken up every time we hear something on the TV, you know, uh, this, that, and the other. You know, it doesn't matter what the witches are doing or anybody else. We got the, we read the back of the book. This is how it's going to end. You know, so so we have we have God's word. We know how it's going to end. We're we're looking at the end result. That's why we can be joyful while we're we're waiting and we're standing. When Satan comes to put your faith to the test, joy is not our natural response. But we're not natural. We're not, you know, we're spirit beings. We may live in the natural world, but we're not natural people. We're spiritual people. Amen? We're not natural. There's nothing natural about us. We're living in a natural world, and that's why, that's why we have God's Word to teach us how to live spiritual in a natural world. Because if we don't, what happens? We're just going to blend in and live like everybody else because the whole world is going that way. And it's very easy to just get in the boat with them and get swept down, swept downstream with the world. But we're, we're going upstream. We're going upstream and the world is going downstream. And that's why we look weird. And we sound weird. And people make fun of us. You know, and they criticize us or whatever, because we're not we're not going down the world. We're we're going upstream. We're going God's way. Amen. We're doing things the way God does things, not the way the world does things. That's why it looks strange to other people. Normal is sick, broke, and depressed, but we're spiritual. We can exercise joy in standing because we know how it turns out. Knowing how it is going to turn out removes all of the fear, all of the suspense, and uncertainty. Now, what, what would be another word for this? Rest. R-E-S-T. Rest. Uh, Hebrews 4.3. We won't turn there, but you can write it down. Hebrews 4.3 says, For we which have believed, how many have believed something? You know, we believe Jesus is Lord. We believe, uh, you know, uh, we believe we receive our healing. We believe we receive our provision. We believe we receive the wisdom of God we need. You know, we believe we receive. So, 
When you believe you receive, you are in rest. Okay? When you're in faith, you're in rest. When you're in faith, you're in joy. And you are exercising patience, and you are in a place called rest. Now let's turn to Romans 5. Uh, verse 3 and 4. And not only so, well, let's start at verse 2. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing, there's a word knowing again, that tribulation or test and trials worketh patience. It causes, it causes patience to be exercised. And patience experience and experience hope. Now I'm going to read that from the New Living Translation. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. You can rejoice because of what you know. Now, let's turn the page to Romans 8. Romans 8, uh, 25. Well, let's back up to 24. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. This is saying, if you can already see what you need, if you can already see what you've believed and prayed for, you don't need patience, you know, you don't even need faith, it's here, you got it, you don't need faith for something you can already see, you need faith for what you cannot see, that's the whole, that's the whole point, faith, and this, you know, faith is a substance, the title, Amplified Bible says the title deed, that's why, that when somebody says, how do you know, this is how you know. You've got God's word for it. This is the title deed that you have it. If you know, if you buy some land in the Canary Islands, you may have never been there. You may have never seen that land. But if you got the title deed, that land is yours. I don't care if you don't go there for 25 years. It's yours. And if somebody says, how do you know that land belongs to you? Well, I got the title deed. Well, it's the same deal. How do you know you're healed? How do you know you're going to get, you, you've got what you've asked God for? How do you know he's going to do it? Because I got the title deed. I got the promise. I started out on the promise. <laughs> I started out with the answer. Now, uh, Romans 8, uh, 25. Okay, we, we read that. I'm going to... Um, uh, so it's when you cannot see it, you need to apply patience while you stand. If you can see it, you don't need faith and you don't need patience. You need it because you cannot see it in the natural. Now the New Living Testament says, But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. The Amplified Bible says, But if we hope for what is still unseen by us, it's, it's just unseen by us. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's just unseen by us. We wait for it with patience and composure. Now, verse 24 in the Message Bible, the Message Bible is not really a translation of the Bible. It's really a paraphrase of the Bible. But uh, the Message Translation says, that is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. 
We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. Time can be your friend or your enemy. Time, test, trust. Time, sorry. Time, test, trust. Time tests our trust in God. The devil wants to know how long you're going to believe this. Okay, big shot, you started out, you big faith, you started out on this. Let's see how long you can stick with it. That's what the devil wants to know. That's why he comes to try your faith. The longer you wait, you can develop and enlarge your faith or you can become discouraged and despondent. Now, I only found one word, one scripture in all of the Old Testament that, that used the word patience, but it means long, L-O-N-G, long. And this is why Satan comes to try your faith and steal the word of promise that you are standing on. He wants to find out how long are you going to continue to believe. You don't see it. He makes it look like it's never going to happen. He'll use your circumstances. You're wasting your time. This, you know, they're not going to do this. They'll never change. They've been like that 25 years. You know, you've had this five years. The doctor said nothing can be done. How long are you going to continue to believe? Patience learns to wait on wisdom. So when the devil starts talking to you, you're wasting your time, you're not going to get it. You know, God's not listening to you. If he was going to do it, he'd have done it by now. And all this junk, you just turn around and say, you quit. You just, he's, he's under our feet. Talk to him down there. You quit. I'm not quitting. You quit. You got to, you got to not give him any place. You let, you, you let him get in and you tolerate that stuff and despondency is going to come in, discouragement, heaviness, and all this. I'm telling you, we have the capacity to outlast a fallen angel. That's, Satan is nothing more than a fallen angel. He gets the advantage over Christians through their ignorance. Their ignorance of God's word and their ignorance of how he operates. And if you don't, if you just get the revelation of how he operates, you will be miles ahead in your faith. But, but you know, we, we have to be taught these things and the word of God tells us how he operates. But, but you don't learn it in five minutes. But he is a fallen angel. You have more power in your little finger than all of hell put together. But you got to exercise it. You know, it's not just automatic. The devil's not just going to roll over and leave you alone just because you need something or you, you know, you desire something. He's going to try to discourage you. you. You have to know you have authority over Satan and you have to act on it. Now let's turn to Acts 20. Acts 20. Uh, 22. Uh, this is Paul, you know, he's, he's uh, being warned about going to Jerusalem and so forth. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Uh, Satan brings pressure to move you. Paul says in verse 24, he, uh, the, the Holy Spirit here is witnessing to him that if he goes to Jerusalem, they're going to be waiting for him and bonds and afflictions are going to be waiting for him. How does he respond? Woe is me. Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, God, how are you going to get me out of this? No, what does he say? None of these things move me. 
And that's what we've got to get to the place when the devil tries to prove to you that you're not going to get it. He tries to prove to you through circumstances, letters, phone calls, family, relatives, trying to talk you out of it. You must be crazy. Who do you think you are? Blah, 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 blah. You got to say, none of these things move me. Let's say it together. None of these things move me. That's why Satan brings the pressure to move you. To move you off what you're standing for. To move you off the Word. If he gets the Word, it, he, there's nothing else to stand on. This is what you're standing on. That's why he's after the Word. And if he gets the Word, then your faith is going to collapse. You know, patience, if you don't continue to believe and exercise patience, that's patience is the thing that's holding your faith up. You know, we said patience, it means uh, to stay underneath something. As long as you're exercising patience and endurance, it's staying underneath your faith and it's holding it up. But when you quit uh, exercising patience and endurance, your faith will collapse. It's like, it's like the pillars under a bridge. You knock those pillars out from under the bridge, and I don't care what it's made out of, it's, it's going to fall. Because those pillars are holding that bridge up. Patience is living unresponsive to pressure. When the devil shows you things through your circumstances and tries to make defeat look inevitable, you have to say, none of these things move me. Okay? That's what you say. Do you want to know how to give the devil a nervous breakdown? When he, when he comes and uh, he says, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? What if this? What if that? You turn around and you say, nothing. And turn around and walk off. He, he, he cannot stand that. He, that will give him a nervous breakdown. That's not the way he wants you to respond. He wants you, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, what are we going to do? Yeah, oh, what about this? What are we going to do? That's what he wants you to do. He says, what are you going to do about that? Nothing. I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm going to carry that over on the Lord. I'm not doing anything. And turn around and walk off. Go make yourself a cup of tea. Sit down. You know, go for a walk. Praise God. Hallelujah. That will drive him crazy. That's not what he wants you to do. He wants you to fret. He wants you to worry. He wants you to stay up at night. That's what he wants you to do. And he'll he'll continue to do that, you know, if, if you... If you let him do it. He'll continue to do it. Verse 24 talks about, um, he says, None of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. Notice the word finish and notice the word joy. That's what we, we don't want to just start out on faith. Faith, we want to finish. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Let's say this together. I am immovable. I will not let time, sickness, money, or people press me or move me. I am only moved by the Word of God. Now let's turn to Hebrews 10. Uh, Hebrews 10. Verse uh, 32. The call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated, or you heard the word of God, and faith <coughs> came, and you got all excited. Ye endured, there's the word endured again, Ye endured a great fight of afflictions. Notice the word endured. What does that mean? They didn't quit. They didn't quit when affliction came. 
They didn't quit when the persecution came. They didn't quit, you know, when it, the pressure got on. They continued. They endured. Partly whilst you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst you became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing, there's the word joyfully and knowing again, joyfully, you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Joyfully knowing. Joy is the result of knowing something. What does that mean? You have inside information. You know something other people don't know. That's why they think you are strange. <laughs> That's why other Christians may think you're strange, because you, you just know something they don't know. They can, they can know it too. They can hear it too. But at this point, that's why they think you're strange because you just happen to know something they hadn't heard yet. Can I just interrupt? Uh, just because it's relevant. Mm -hmm. Last year, I had the most terrible pain in my stomach and I was walking about half the night with it. And I ended up thinking, oh, you've got cancer or something. And I said, no way. But if I have, I don't care because I'm going to go be with the Lord because I'm not going to hospital anymore. <laughs> and I, I just. So then well, you were basic. Checked, I went and checked it out with the doctors. They sent me to the hospital and they said I had a very large gallstone which needed to um, be operated on straight away. And so I said, no, I'm not going to hospital anymore. Mm. And um, God is more than able to deal with this and dissolve it. I don't need for man to deal with it. And within a few days, the pain stopped. Amen. And I wasn't up any more in the night. And that was a year ago now. I've had no more pain since. Amen. And God dissolved that because I spoke it. Amen. God dissolved that. Yeah. What happened? You had inside information. You had inside information, didn't yeah. you? That's, how, that's why you could act that way. That's why you... And when the devil said, oh, you, got, you may have this, you may have that, you did just what I was talking about. What are you going to do about this? Nothing. I mean, you know, you, you, went, yeah, you went to the doctor and, you, and he said, okay, this is what's causing the pain. But, but you didn't let the devil get you all... You know, you didn't tolerate that for long. As soon as you recognize those thoughts coming, you cast them down. Yeah. You knew, you knew the where that was coming from, didn't you? You Thank knew that was God the enemy. This word. Yes, Amen, <laughs> Amen. And you, you, you had information. You had inside information. Amen. That's right. Hallelujah. That's why you can have joy. When you're in faith, you're in joy. Verse 35, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. This is patience and endurance at work. This is what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to cast away your faith in God's word. And he does it with pressure. He does it with circumstances. He uses people. He uses, you know, bad reports. He uses phone calls, family, friends, like I said. Whatever. All he has at his disposal are things in this natural world. He, he doesn't have anything in the spirit. He, he's, he can't operate. He doesn't have the spiritual weapons like we have. He's bound to this natural world. And we just got to get his number. You know, he, he, he is bound by what's common to man. That's what I think it's 1 Corinthians 10. He, he's bound by what's common to man. We're not bound by what's common to man. We have God's word. We have his name. We have the blood of Jesus. We have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have the fruit of the Spirit. We got all these powerful forces on the inside of us. We're not bound to this 
natural world. We, we're not bound to these natural circumstances. They're temporary. They're subject to change. This is not ever going to change. This is, and if you get this in you, you won't change. And when the devil tries to come to move you and to get you to cast away your confidence, I think the Amplified Bible says your fearless confidence, you won't cast it away. If he cannot get you to fling away your fearless confidence in God's word, you are going to come out stronger than you were before he put you through this. This is why Satan takes a great risk. He takes a great risk when he comes to challenge your faith. Because if you don't cast away your confidence and you continue to believe and you will not be moved, you're going to come out stronger than you were before he even put you through this stuff. That's the calculated risk he has to weigh before he even brings this test and trial to you. Is it worth it? You know, is this really worth it? Because if they come, if they do stand on God's word and they believe it in spite of all I can do or try to show them, they're going to come out stronger. They're going to be even more difficult to, to deal with after this is over with. Is it really worth it? Hallelujah. So, he should have just left you alone. <laughs> and when you show Satan enough times that you're not going to be moved, you're going to believe God's word, you're going to beat his brains out with the word every time he tries to come around, you're going to resist him and he's going to flee, he'll get to the point where he'll gradually, you'll see less and less of him, <laughs> you know, I mean, he may be stupid, but he's not dumb. You know, he's not just going to let a believer just, you know, beat him up every five minutes. He'll just go on down the road somewhere else. Verse 38, now the just shall live by faith. This is one of four places in the Bible where it says the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back in fear... You could, you know, that's, that's what it, you, you could put that in there. If any man draw back in fear, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We don't draw back. We press forward. Everybody say, keep walking. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Amen. Now let's turn back a couple of pages to Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6. Uh, let's start at 11. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. That you be not slothful. Now this word slothful, I don't really want to get really into that. But most people think it means lazy. It doesn't really mean lazy. It means neutral. Like indifferent. Uh, that you be not neutral or indifferent. But followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. What's necessary to inherit the promises? Faith and patience. It takes faith and patience to inherit the promises. This Bible is a covenant between God and man. That's what the Bible is. It's not a religious book, it, you know, it's not just a history book. It's got history in it. You know, it's got history in it, lots of history, but this is a covenant between God and man. And the promises from God to man in this covenant is what we call our inheritance. Now, an inheritance is something that belongs to you, but you did not have to work for it. 
Okay, that's good, isn't it? That, that's something that belongs to us, but we did not have to work for it. Where we're concerned, Jesus did the work. Jesus did the work. And we're the heirs. He did the work, and he said, you know, every one of these promises belong to you. But we got to possess them. We got to receive them. They're not just automatic. You know, a lot of Christians think it's just automatic, and they think it's just all up to God. Well, God, God's already done something. You know, we just said Jesus did the work. He, he's, you know, he defeated Satan. He's remitted our sins. He's, he's uh, come to live in us. He's uh, given us all these exceeding great and precious promises, but we have to receive them, and we've got to lay hold of them. They're not just automatic. And, and, and so that's you know where people have to be taught. And, and Christians going around saying, well, I'm just leaving it up to God. That, that's not the way, you know. God's already, it's already God's will. Jesus did the work, and we, uh, we're, we just inherit what he did. Now, we don't inherit it when we die. We inherited it when he died. You know, you know, my mother just passed away a few weeks ago. I, I don't inherit what was hers when I die. I inherited when she died. But all this notion that somehow all this good life and all these promises are going to be ours when we die. No, it, Jesus made it possible when he died. And we're the heirs. And on top of that, he, in his case, he has been raised from the dead to see to it that it's carried out exactly the way the will stated. In the natural realm, people just have to trust that the solicitors will carry out their will the way they intended for it to be. But in our case, Jesus has been raised from the dead to see to it. It's the way he said it's going to be. So we talk a lot about the importance of faith. Uh, and there is nothing inferior about the quality of your faith. It's the same kind of faith that God has. The same kind of faith that Jesus has and had on the earth. But Jesus was just more developed in it. And that's what we're doing. We're learning how to develop our faith and walk in it. And without endurance, you will quit and give up. And there'll be no faith to be applied to the situation. You've got to keep faith applied to that situation. And a, a patience is what keeps faith applied to the situation until it's the way you prayed and the way you desire, the way you, you're expecting it to turn out. Living by faith is not running the 100-yard dash. It's a marathon, and this is another kind of myth that a lot of Christians have. They take off, hallelujah, amen, you know, and about 50 yards down the line, they say, I'm tired and I'm going to quit. You know? where's, where's the dressing room? Where's the clubhouse, you know? This, this is not a 100-yard dash. This is a marathon. What's a marathon? It is an, an endurance event. That's really what all it is. It's an endurance event. And anybody that think, you know, that they sign up for the marathon and they take off a 100-yard dash, they're not going to last long. And that's why, you know, a lot of Christians, they don't understand, uh, you know, how the principles of faith operate and so forth. They get all excited and, you know, we're going to do this and few weeks, months, you don't see them anymore. You know, well, we didn't know it was going to be like that. We didn't know we were going to have to stand. We didn't know we were going to have to believe. We didn't know we were going to have to resist the devil, you know. And so, um, so this is an endurance event. Verse 15. Uh, well, let's do 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, 
uh, blessing I will bless thee, multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had what? Patiently endured. After he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Where money and provision are concerned, timing is involved. And timing requires endurance. In the area of healing, we believe we are healed now. We believe we're healed now. It belongs to us now. And if it's not instant, then we exercise patience and endurance. It's going to be required in order to complete our faith. Now let's confess this together. I will not quit. I will not and I refuse to quit. I refuse Get the promises you are standing on down on the inside of you and develop resilience. Um, hold your place in Hebrews and let's just turn for one second to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Verse 16. This is talking about, the subject here is the word of God. These are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. These people heard the word. But they only endured for a time. They didn't exercise patience. There was no patience there. They cast away their fearless confidence. They quit believing. What, what caused them to do that? Affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake. That's why Satan brings persecution, affliction, test and trials to put enough pressure on to get people to fling away their confidence. Uh, they heard the word of promise. They received it. They got excited about it. But when the pressure and the test and trials came from Satan, the word of God was, was not in their hearts long enough to take root. It, it, it wasn't, their heart wasn't full of the word. That it hadn't been in there long enough to take root. It, it was stony, it was shallow ground. And, and the, the word hadn't, once the word, once a tree develops roots, it's hard to move. I mean, if you planted a little sapling two weeks ago, you can go out there today and move it from there to there. But if that tree's been there 25 years, it's going to take some doing to move that tree. And, and these people didn't have root. They're, they're, they weren't rooted and grounded in the Word of God. So what happened? They only endured for a while. They did not exercise patience. They let the devil talk them out of it before the Word could take root in their heart and they didn't receive their harvest. Now let's turn back to uh, there where you are in Hebrews, uh, verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight or pressure and the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. Let us run with patience. We said the marathon's in endurance event, didn't we? Run with patience. The race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. Now this is very important. Looking unto Jesus. Paul over, I think, 1 Corinthians says, you know, he talks about these light afflictions. He says... Um, uh, while we look not at the things which are seen, 
but the things that are not seen. So if you're looking at the negative situation that's seen all the time, your faith is just going to get weaker and weaker and, and weaker. We're to look to Jesus. We're to keep our eyes on the Word. Jesus is the Word. The Word is Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, this is the energizing force of faith and patience. The author and finisher of our faith. Uh, do you think Jesus had some pressure on him in the Garden of Gethsemane? Yes, of course. I mean, we, we, we'll never, we'll never come close to anything like that, ever. We'll never have to deal with anything like that. The salvation of you and me and all of humanity was hanging in the balance. What did Jesus have to do? He had to stand, didn't he? He had to resist that pressure. I mean, you know the devil was bearing down on him, you know. And he knew he could call legions of angels to come rescue him. What, what caused him to endure? What caused him to refuse to quit under that pressure? What got him through that pressure in the garden and the suffering on the cross? Well, this, the same thing is going to get us through whatever we're, we're dealing with. Verse, uh, uh, hold your, turn over just a couple of pages there again, back to James 1 where we started. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you be entire, wanting nothing. Now in verse 2 of, of, of Hebrews 12, it tells us what got Jesus through. For the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. How did he? He, he was looking down the line. He, he was looking at the desired end result. He was looking at the final completion. This, he knew this thing was temporary, as, as horrible as it was, you know. He saw you. He saw me. He saw all of uh, humanity's salvation. He saw born-again people like you and me. He saw us here today in the Word learning how to live by faith, walking victoriously on this earth, having right standing with God, having the, you know, defeating the devil and, and us being able to walk in victory over him. He saw all that. He saw all the plan of salvation totally, completely finished. That's how he got through it. The joy, the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. That's what we're to do. We're to look we got inside information. We know how this thing's going to turn out. Just like Jesus looked down through the course of humanity and, and, and eternity and saw how this is going to turn out. That's what got him through it. We have the faith of God and the promises of God, and we know how it's going to turn out. A second thing that got him through and that will get us through, the love of God. Jesus knew God loved him. And everything was going to be all right. Amen? And when we know God loves us, we know everything's going to be all right. Amen? That's what, kind of what you said a minute ago, Ann. You knew God loved you and everything's going to be all right. And you had inside information when, when you were in the hospital room and that pastor's wife came in and told you God's a God of affliction you you didn't you didn't pay attention to that did you well you already had inside information didn't you you had inside information number one I, I've heard you say it you knew God loved you and that and he would heal you so that that just knowing that God loved you and everything's going to be all right and this is not coming from God, and it's not His will for me to have this. Yeah. And that's helped, that helped to get you through it. That, 
that knowledge, that revelation. The love of God provides confidence while you are standing. Meditate on the love of God, that he is watching over you and everything's going to be all right. Meditate on John 17, 23. God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Now that's a big, that's a big one, isn't it? Most people cannot believe that, but if you meditate on it, you can, you can come to the point where you believe that. Jesus said, John 17, 23, the Father loves us as much as he loves them. Patience is rooted and grounded in the fact that God loves you. It will sustain you in pressure. Cast the pressure off by knowing that he cares for you. This is what Galatians 5, 6 means when it says faith works by love. When you know how much the Father loves you, it girds up your faith. It works your faith and patience and removes the pressure. We won't turn there, but you can write down Romans 8, uh, 31, 32. It says, if God, you know, did not spare his only son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If God did not withhold his only son, Jesus, why on God's green earth would he re withhold healing? Would he with withhold meeting a need? Withhold wisdom? Forgiveness? Anything else? Th th there's not. I mean, he gave the ultimate. So why would he withhold something as minuscule as something we need down here? Now, why patience is not? Patience is not a matter of knuckling under until the storm is over. Patience is not being satisfied with whatever happens. Patience is not getting beat up with a smile on your face. This is what patience is. It undergirds and sustains your faith until the result is manifested. Uh, Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words says, Pati uh, Patience is the force that does not surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. The force which does not uh, surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. Patience is the ability to act like you have it before you see it. Patience is courage under fire. It is constant all the time. Patience answers every doubt and fear with the assurance of God's word. It is written. Faith takes whatever you need and patience keeps it. Faith takes whatever you need and patience keeps it. Now let's say this together. I refuse the pressure and stress. I refuse the pressure and stress. I choose to enter the rest. I choose to enter the rest. My days of toiling. Anxiety, worry, fretting, pressure, care, stress are over forever. Amen. As patience develops, there becomes a settling, or we talked about a rest. When patience develops, there's a settling. When the pressure starts, press towards peace. Get in control and calm down. Learn to operate in low, slow. Everybody say low, slow. The devil wants you running around. What are we going to do? You know, 15 phone calls. You know, all, you know. You, got, you better do something. What are you going to do? You know, low, slow. 
on purpose. Slow down and don't get caught up in the pressure. Wait on the wisdom of God and wait to hear from the Lord. The word in your heart will speak to you. This is what we do in the time space called endurance. When God's wisdom is known, the peace that passes all understanding takes over. Amen? Time deadlines don't mean anything to you. The situation begins to look easier and easier. Amen? Hallelujah. Did that help you today? Amen. It helped me. <laughs> I'm glad I heard it. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah.